The following program has been paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church. From the heart of the Pacific, in Honolulu, Hawaii. Church presents the Kingdom of God Crusade. Join us now for another hour of worship with Pastor Han, the church choir, and the band. We hope and pray that you'll find this next hour of blessing. Good morning, everyone. I'm Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., and I would like to thank you for joining us today. We welcome you to the Kingdom of God Crusade Telecast, being brought to you every Sunday morning, not only here in Hawaii from 8 to 9 a.m., but also in parts of California from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV Channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC Channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV Channel 8 and Comcast Channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KBVU-TV Channel 28 in Eureka. From 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME Channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino. From 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV Channel 11 in Monterey. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY, Channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR, Channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon. From 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO, Channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW, Channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable Channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like more information on our church and view our Kingdom of God Crusade telecast in its entirety, be sure to visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. The Apostolic Faith Church, located at 1043 Middle Street, is the headquarters of the gospel of the Kingdom of God for the whole world, with the sign on the roof of the temple, Jesus Coming Soon, a landmark in Kali for 98 years, and our prayer tower, the first of its kind in Hawaii, dedicated exclusively for prayer. The church was founded by the late Charles and Ada B. Lockbaum on August the 4th, 1923, and passed on to our late chief pastor, William M. Hansen, in 1959, who continued the gospel to its fullness. We hope and pray that this telecast will draw you closer to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, and be a real blessing to you, our television audience, saints wherever you are, and the shut-ins, that is, those of you in the hospitals and convalescent homes. And should you need prayer or someone to pray over you, please don't hesitate to call the phone number designated at the conclusion of the telecast. What a joyous day that will be when we are called home living with Jesus forever. Praise and praise and raise His name to the highest. I am ready, Lord. The Apostolic Faith Church Choir, under the leadership of Emilia Hahn, will sing to the Lord the powerful song entitled, These Things Shall Be. The choir will be accompanied by Edith Matsuki on the piano and Rose Bach Carter on the organ. Saints and friends, this world is not our everlasting home. We don't 
why don't we all join in spiritual unity and strive for the prize of life eternal? Thank you, choir, for that powerful message. The current events of the world has given many anxiety and immense stress. We're looking for diversions or other ways to calm one's life. Turn to social media for guidance or distractions seems to be the answer. Instead, solution seekers find only videos of harassment, trouble, and a higher level of hatred for life in general. Is there a simple solution? Yes, there is. Just turn to Jesus. He's only a simple prayer away. Calling the Lord for help and guidance will ease the weary soul and calm the troubled spirit. Listen to our church band led by yours truly as they gather together and play for one and all the number entitled, Leave Your Burden at the Place of Prayer.
the Savior first in one's life is not as difficult as it may seem. All one needs to do is simply talk to him. Listen to our solos this morning. Trusty Associate Pastor Evans Brooks Sr., he will sing to the Lord and to us the melody entitled, Put Jesus First in Your Life. And will be accompanied by myself on the piano, Associate Pastor Marvin Abing on the bass, Mason Asanasi on the guitar, and Iris Locke on the drums. is full of changes each day rearranges the things that count for you things that mean so much today can mean much less tomorrow even though your dreams come true but there is someone I a rock to build your life around Put Jesus first in your life Let him take the burden of sin away Put Jesus first in your life Let him handle all the problems that stand in your way You have searched in vain for that something Now you don't want that something you found Put Jesus first in your life and turn your
that stand in your way. You have searched in vain for that something. Now you don't want that something you found. Put Jesus first in your life and turn your life around, around, around. Thank you, Em, for that beautiful presentation. The church choir will gather one more time and sing the majestic number entitled, The Lord's Prayer, a beautiful guide for the young as well as the seasoned believer. It will bring peace and calm to the true follow of the Lord. Please sing along with the choir as the words appear on your screen.
Rose Pahaku Carter is our instrumentalist for this morning, and she has chosen to play on her banjo the number entitled, Are You Washed in the Blood? The vocal group known as the Men Crusaders, directed by yours truly, enthusiastically await to present to the Lord and to you, dear viewers, the rendition of the melody entitled, If That Isn't Love. They will be accompanied by Iris Locke on the piano. I'm honored to dedicate today's number to Mr. and Mrs. Noah and Denise Taylor. Noah and Denise, may the good Lord continue to bless you and your family and keep you safe in the hollow of his hands in this life and that to come. Have a beautiful week. Stars in the sky and 
Praise the Lord, everyone. I'm Associate Pastor Melvin Honda, and I would like to repeat our television time, stations, and locations in the continental United States for our viewing audience, especially if any of you plan to visit or reside in California, that these telecasts can now be viewed every Sunday morning from 6 to 7 a.m. on station XDTV channel 13 in San Diego, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KPSC channel 13 in Palm Springs, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KBTV channel 8 and Comcast channel 238 in Sacramento, including Chico and Fresno, from 6 to 7 a.m on station KBVU-TV channel 28 in Eureka, from 7 to 8 a.m. on station KVME channel 20 in Los Angeles, San Bernardino, from 8 to 9 a.m. on station KOTR-TV channel 11 in Monterey, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KECY channel 9 in El Centro, California, and Yuma, Arizona, from 6 to 7 a.m. on station KLSR channel 34 in Eugene, Oregon, from 5 to 6 a.m. on station KZJO channel 22 in Seattle, Washington. From 6 to 7 a.m. on station KUCW channel 30 of Ogden, Salt Lake City, Utah, and parts of Nevada and Wyoming. And from 7 to 8 a.m. on Time Warner Cable channel 503 in New York City. If you'd like to know more about our gospel work and view our Kingdom of God crusade telecast in its entirety, please visit our website on JesusComingSoon.org. 
And now concerning a scheduled gospel services here in the home state Hawaii, services are held at the temple every Tuesday and Friday at 7 p.m. On Sunday, gospel services start at 10 a.m. and divine healing services at 7 p.m. Sunday school for all ages begin at 9 a.m. and prayer services are held daily in the prayer tower at 2 p.m. except on Fridays at 10 a.m. The same schedule is observed by neighbor island branch churches. The services are also conducted by Pastor Reginald V. Castanera Sr. in Kanakakai, Molokai, by Pastor Walter Aitinlo in Hilo, Hawaii, by Pastor Leonard K. Y. Asano Sr. in Koloa, Kauai, by Pastor Hannibal Espera in Bologo, Pikawayan, and by Pastor Vesper Espera in President Rojas, Cotobado, Mindanao, Philippines. At our Maui branch church in Lahaina, Maui, services are held every second Sunday of the month. You are welcome to attend these services regardless of church affiliations. There are no collections. However, if you desire to voluntarily contribute to support these telecasts and the Lord's work, you may do so by sending your donations to the address designated at the conclusion of the telecast. And now I'd like to turn our program back to Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., who will bring forth his Spirit-directed and Spirit-inspired sermon. Pastor Billy. Thank you, Melvin. The Lord instructs us, be ready when he think not the Son of Man cometh. Are you prepared? Are you ready to meet him? My sermon entitled, Behold, I Stand at the Door and Knock, is meant to incite and move you, the congregation of this television ministry, to appropriately prepare yourselves for his second coming. Though the day and time of this significant event remains yet unknown, have your Bible ready in hand as you proceed into the sermon and the reading of God's Word. An artist painted a wonderful picture and titled it, The Light of the World. In this painting, Jesus arrayed in royal robe stands before a closed door. In his left hand, he holds a lighted lantern. With his right hand, he knocks upon the door but the door is bolted on the inside, and no one comes to open it. Jesus tells us in Revelation, the third chapter in the 20th verse, Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If any man hear my voice and open the door, I will come into him and will sup with him and he with me. Such is the picture of the human heart in the present era. Jesus stands outside the door and knocks. But men will not let him in because their hearts are filled with sin and worldliness, which can be summed up as the perversion of righteousness and holiness. What happens then? Jesus sadly turns away and says, You will not come unto me, that he might have everlasting life. On the other hand, we have the promise that if we knock upon his door, he will open it unto us. Jesus imparts his pledge in Matthew, the seventh chapter, reading in the seventh verse, ask and it shall be given you. Seek and he shall find. Knock and it shall be opened unto you. God is seeking, as seeking God, seeking souls for his kingdom. As we read in Luke, the 19th chapter, the 10th verse, for the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. 
But it's sad to see that instead, men run from the almighty God who seeks to save them in a generation of awesome achievements in modern science, technology, industry, and governments. The human heart weakens in having faith in our creator and becomes self-willed and presumptuous of any external source of life. Let us read in Psalm chapter 14, verses 1 to 3. The fool hath said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none that doeth good. The Lord looked down from heaven upon the children of men to see if there were any that did understand and seek God. They are all gone aside. They are all together become filthy. There is none that doeth good, no, not one. Yes, the desires of men are untowards God. Man has turned into an unappreciative being, living solely for himself, thinking that life is what he makes it to be, and moreover, that he controls his own destiny. In spite of the rewards of human knowledge, what has been harvested? Road peace? On the contrary, today we see discontentment, unhappiness, promiscuity, violence, war, human suffering, and ungodliness, all of which will eventually result in man's own destruction. Jesus said in Matthew 16, 3, and in the morning, it will be foul weather today, for the sky is red and lowering. O oh, ye hypocrites, ye can discern the face of the sky, but can ye not discern the signs of the times? Therefore, a life without God is unprofitable. And what are you doing about it? Do you know who is knocking at your door? It's the Lord Jesus Christ, of course. He is God, the Father's only begotten Son, as we have often read in John, the third chapter, and the 16th verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. If the President of the United States or any celebrity knocked at your door, you would consider it a great honor. You will surely let either or both in. Do you realize that Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, who knocks at your heart's door, is the greatest guest you can ever permit to enter? He comes from heaven. What folly to turn him away. Who can open the door of your heart? Why, you are the only one who can do it. Jesus will not force his way into your heart. Time is quickly passing, and the choice is yours. Reading Matthew, the seventh chapter, verses 13 to 14. Enter in at the straight gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leadeth to destruction, and many there be which go in thereat. Because straight is the gate, and narrow is the way which leadeth unto life, and few there be that find it. It is true that many shut their homes to Jesus and fail to believe the truth. 
which is highlighted in the scriptures. In some homes, the name of Jesus is never mentioned. Prayer is never offered and grace is never said at meals, but rather tradition continues to prevail. Even after the inhabitants have heard the true and proven interpretation of the scriptures. The Apostle Paul was very remorseful of his former life, which is filled with hatred and animosity towards the followers of Jesus. Paul of Tarsus, a Jew, was a Pharisee and knowledgeable in the traditional values set forth by his fathers. In his eyes, there could no other method of worship. Let us read of that testimony in Galatians, the first chapter, verses 11 through 17. But I certify you, brethren, that the gospel which was preached of me is not after man. For I neither received it of man, neither was I taught it, but by the revelation of Jesus Christ. Yes, as opposing as Paul may have been, God was able to convert Emma's immobile heart and make it ardent for the truth. Paul continues in the remaining verses, For ye have heard of my conversation in time past in the Jews' religion, how that beyond measure I persecuted the church of God and wasted it and profited in the Jews' religion above many my equals in mine own nation, being more exceedingly zealous of the traditions of my fathers. But when it pleased God, who separated me from my mother's womb and called me by his grace to reveal his son in me that I might preach him among the heathen, immediately I confer not with flesh and blood. Neither went I up to Jerusalem to them which were apostles before me, but I went into Arabia and returned again unto Damascus. Yes, that road to Damascus was a turning point in the life of the Apostle Paul. He felt the convicting power of God. He was saved and went forth converting his brethren and others to the gospel of the kingdom of God. Notice that he did not turn to or rely on the teachings of men, but turned to the spirit of the Lord to unravel the mysteries of godliness. This is the only way the truth of the scriptures can be revealed unto men. Isn't it comforting to know that Jesus wants to come into every home and fill it with his blessings? The book of Revelation highlights the church of Laodicea, who shut out Jesus. This particular church was neither hot or cold. Though its members went through many forms and rituals, Christ was not their center of worship. The members said, as found in Revelation, the third chapter, the 17th verse, because thou hast said, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. In spite of their ungodly nature, the Lord still loved them. He rebuked and chastened them and instructed them to repent. It is that conviction that will lead you to repentance. You may ask, what is repentance? It means to have another mind, to change the mind, to indicate a change of mind in respect to sin, God, and self. 
We read in 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10, For godly sorrow worketh repentance to salvation, not to be repented of. But the sorrow of the world worketh death. The beginning of a new life in Christ begins with repentance. We must acknowledge our wrongdoings and the inbred sinful nature and turn back to God. Let us recall Lot's wife. She sorrowed for the things of the world, looked back into the world, and turned into a pillar of salt. We read in Luke, the 17th chapter, verses 30 to 33, Even thus shall it be in the day when the Son of Man is revealed. In that day, he which shall be upon the housetop, and his stuff in the house, let him not come down to take it away. And he that is in the field, let him likewise not return back. Remember Lot's wife. Whosoever shall seek to save his life shall lose it. And whosoever shall lose his life shall preserve it. The question remains, what will a man give in exchange for his own soul? Is it too hard for men to humble themselves and find out what God is all about? Salt is an element of preservation. And should such an element lose its effectiveness to preserve, it is good for nothing. Thusly, should we lose our faith in the Lord, there is no other destiny but eternal separation from the Lord. Lot, his wife, and his two daughters were commanded to escape for the life, for thy life. Look not behind of thee. This, therefore, is what true repentance is. Leave all that is sinful and follow what God has specified in order to enter into his righteousness. Similarly, man sinned from the beginning. Thus, our first parents, Adam and Eve, were expelled from the Garden of Eden. Likened to Lot's wife, man's sin was a rebellion against a specific command of God who required true repentance. Today, many people repent or say they have repented, but keep on sinning. They are faithful churchgoers. However, they do not carry or possess that unique character which comes with true repentance. Therefore, true repentance is rare and is very much required to obtain genuine faith and forgiveness. First, in true repentance, one must acknowledge his sinful or her sinful nature. Secondly, one must renounce and forsake the wickedness of the world in one's life. And thirdly, one must have a change of heart and press forward towards the mark of the prize of the high calling and the children of God. The message is clear. Everyone must repent in order to be in the presence of God. Jesus himself proclaimed the good news over 1,900 years ago. As you read in Mark, the first chapter, the 14, 15 verses, now after that, John was put in prison. Jesus came into Galilee, preaching the gospel of the kingdom of God and saying, the time is fulfilled and the kingdom of God is at hand. Repent ye and believe the gospel. Jesus commanded and commissioned his disciples to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. 
For God is no respecter of persons. In every nation, he that feareth and worketh righteousness is accepted with him. God looks at the heart rather than at the outward appearance of man. We are informed in Mark 16, 16, he that believeth and is baptized shall be saved, but he that believeth not shall be damned. So choose you this day whom you will serve, God or the devil. I must also emphasize the fact that baptism is essential to salvation. We should not be under the concept that the water washes away our sins, but be aware of a deeper meaning, which is it is an act of a good conscience toward God. Jesus, so perfect himself, was baptized, fulfilled all righteousness. So how much more should we? A man of a good conscience came to Jesus by night, almost 2,000 years ago. His name was Nicodemus, a Pharisee, who was a member of the Sanhedrin, the Supreme Court at that time. He paid his tithes and prayers and made the necessary sacrifices required by traditional teachings. He had wealth, social status, and recognition, the total of which is regarded by many today to be godliness. However, deep down in his heart, he realized that what he possessed was not adequate to enable him to enter into the kingdom of God. He acknowledged that Jesus was the master and came from God. He realized no man could accomplish the miracles that he witnessed. The blind saw, the deaf heard, the dumb spake, and the dead were brought to life. God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Jesus instructed Nicodemus in John 3, 5, Verily, verily, I say unto thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Nicodemus marveled when he was told he must be born again. The absolute truth of being born again requires water baptism by immersion in the name of Jesus Christ, according to Acts 2.38. Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and he shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. To be born of the Spirit, to speak in tongues as listed in Acts 2, 4. And they, that is the 120, were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. Did not Jesus say they shall speak with new tongues? This declaration was fulfilled on the day of Pentecost. Let us read in Acts 4, 12. Neither is there salvation in any other, for there is none other name under heaven given among men whereby we must be saved. Today, the gospel is preached in power and demonstration of his Holy Spirit. I once asked a man, what led you to give your heart unto the Lord? The man answered, the gospel pricked my heart and put me under conviction because of my sins. And in addition, I want to experience the good life that my wife has enjoyed since being saved. Peter imparts in 1 Peter 3, 1, Likewise, ye wise, be in subjection to your husbands, that if any obey not the word, they also obey without the word, be won by the conversation of the wives. Yes, living the life is the best example one can set for those who are unsaved. As the saying goes, action speaks louder than words. Many today are saying that they are born again. But the question is, have they been born again according to God's word? 
We read in 1 Peter 1.23, being born again, not of corruptible seed, but of incorruptible by the word of God, which liveth and abideth forever. As the distance of time increased following the extension of the Lord from the Mount of Olives, man has through his own deceit drastically changed the meaning, application, and divinely given provisions to pure oneself. Paul writes in Hebrews 13, 8, Jesus Christ is saying yesterday and today and forever. If baptism was emphasized by Jesus, how can anyone say it is not required today? I entreat you this morning to consider your salvation because the saving of the soul is so precious in the eyes of God. Yes, Jesus is knocking at the door of your heart. Won't you let him in? Don't you know that Jesus can use your life as a means to knock on the doors of simple hearts if you will but live rightly by him? Yes, there is a great dilemma which prevails upon the hearts of men and women today. They hear Jesus knocking at their heart's door, yet they turn him away. They feel the convicting power of the Holy Spirit. They realize their need of the Savior, but then they back up or return into the world and are lost forever. Why won't people let Jesus enter and remain in their hearts? The answer is sin. Today, the world is sin-sick, sick in the head, sick in the mouth, sick in the heart. Its people have turned into disrespectful creations and have turned from the knowledge of their Creator. Their desires are to render homage to the creation and to practice, which arouse hidden curiosities. Occult practice is very evident today. It's obvious from satanic worship and deceptive rituals of finding inner peace through mysticism, crystal balls, seances, devices of new age worship, and so forth. Let us read in Romans 1, 18, 21, verses 28 and 32. For the wrath of God is revealed from heaven against all ungodliness and unrighteousness of men who hold the truth in right, unrighteousness. In other words, Jesus will reward his people who dwell in his righteousness. Let's continue reading in verse 21. Because that when they knew God, they glorified him not as God. Neither were thankful, but became vain in their imaginations, and their foolish heart was darkened. It is verified in the scriptures that the heart of man is evil continually. Being just or upright does not make one righteous in the eyes of God. It is this presumptuous and selfless spirit of man which is leading him to eternal destruction. Let us read verses 28 to 32. And even as they did not like to retain God in their knowledge, God gave them over to a reprobate mind to do those things which are not convenient, being filled with all unrighteousness, fornication, wickedness, covetousness, maliciousness, full of envy, murder, debate, deceit, malignity, whispers, backbiters, haters of God, despiteful, proud, boasters, inventors of evil things, disobedient to parents, without understanding covenant breakers, without natural affection, implacable, unmerciful, who knowing the judgment of God, that they which commit such things are worthy of death, not only do the same, but have pleasure in them that do them. Yes, the Apostle Paul has given us a very elaborate and detailed description of what is happening across the face of the land and what is occupying the hearts and minds of men and women and children. All of these occur because man has forgotten God and fails to answer the knocking upon his door. The following have been emphasized this morning, holding the truth in unrighteousness, 
glorifying him not as God, being unthankful, having evil imaginations, having a reprobate mind which is condemned by God, being haters of God, inventing evil things while knowing of the judgment and the penalty of sin, disregarding his warnings and continuing in and finding pleasure in those sins. Many have forgotten that God is greater than man and he will not be mocked. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Jesus tells us that he comes to sup with us and we with him. He brings a feast of good things for the heart. Every person who is truly born of water and of the spirit and walking the light can testify that Jesus brings a kind of peace, joy, and happiness that no one else in the world can give. Read in John 14, 27, Peace I leave with you. My peace I give unto you, not as the world giveth, give I unto you. Let not your heart be troubled, neither let it be afraid. There is no feeling in all the world that compares with the feeling which comes to one who has found and accepted Jesus as Savior and Lord. Do you want to experience the kind of joy that lifts you up in spite of the cares of this world? Then accept Jesus as your personal Savior. Do you want the music of heaven to fill your soul? Then accept Jesus as your personal musician, for he is the master musician of heaven. If you desire to enter heaven, then you must believe that he is and keep his commandments. Jesus said, you must be born again. Jesus is knocking at your door now. Your decision will bless or curse you throughout eternity. Today is the day of salvation, if you will but hear his voice. We are reminded of the foolish virgins who waited too long to buy oil for their lamps and were late as a result. When they finally arrived and saw it enter into the room where the wedding supper was being held, they found that the door was shut. John 10:9 declares, I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. If you would like to know more about God's Word, the church, and review these telecast presentations in its entirety, please visit our website at JesusComingSoon.org. Until our next telecast, this is your host, Head Pastor Billy Hahn Jr., expressing my sincerest appreciation to each of you who have allowed us to come into your homes. May the good Lord bless and keep you all in the hollow of his hands. The Apostolic Faith Church Band will close today's program with a wonderful melody entitled, Did You Think to Pray?
The preceding program was paid for by the Apostolic Faith Church.